You're listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. We here at the Plano Chamber are working hard on our 2021 events now. We would love to partner with you as a sponsor, buy virtual tables for your employees, and many other ways. We'd love to connect with you and get you more information on how you can partner with us on these great events. Find out more at planochamber.org or contact any Plano Chamber staff. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse. I'm Kelly Marcellus, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Steve McSwain with Archa Travel, the 2021 Chair of the Board for the Plano Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for being here with me today, Steve. And I'm super excited to announce our guest. Marissa Miller is the 2021-22 Chair of the Junior League of Collin County's CCCFV or for the rest of us that needed to know what that means, the Collin County Council on Family Violence. Marissa is currently in her sixth active year of junior league membership and has served this organization as the uh, CCCFV lead for two years. Prior to this role, she worked on uh, that initiative's conference and served as Junior League of Collin County's Community Impact Vice President. Marissa, thank you so much for joining Steve and I today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to meet you, Marissa. Um, Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's start by having you give our listeners an introduction to the CCCFV, or Collin County Council on Family Violence, and the work that you do. So the Collin County Council on Family Violence, or CCCFV, is a coalition of members in the community who spend their lives, their careers, and their passions combating family violence in all of its various forms. Um, we have multiple purposes. Our One of our primary purposes is to connect and to work together. One That was actually one of the reasons that the council was formed to begin with. So we find that the ability for our members to network, to integrate, to find out how we can serve each other and better the community is a, a huge factor of why we exist. Further, we have an educational arm, and we also have a forward-thinking role. How can we address the needs of Collin County as those needs evolve? Well, we've talked a lot on the podcast in the past about how sometimes Collin County feels a bit insulated from issues like homelessness and family violence, but we know that that really isn't the reality. Can you tell us a little bit more about the impact of family violence on our community? Absolutely. And that is a factor that we have focused on. So we have monthly meetings uh, where we meet every Wednesday uh, or excuse me, the first Wednesday of every month. And we have speakers come in that talk about various issues. So we had Plano Police Department come in last year and talk about their new homelessness and mental health unit and all of the ways that they are finding that a little expertise can make a big difference in our community. We've also had members of the Collin County District Attorney's Office come in and talk about how family violence looks in different forms and in different functions. Um, And indeed, I think you're absolutely right, Kelly. This is a huge misconception, Um, but truly family violence knows no uh, socioeconomic status. It knows no race, no ethnicity, no gender, um, no um, sexuality, no gender identity. It's really interesting the way that these issues across all facets and and even neighborhoods and families where I suspect a lot of people would just assume that there is no problems with mental health, homelessness, or, or family violence. 
So you mentioned the meetings, uh, Marissa, on a monthly basis. So how many people attend those and, and is it open to the general public? So they are generally not open to the public. Um, but that said, we are always looking for new members. Um, so we take members from a variety of different fields. Um, and, and if I can give a plug, feel free to contact me at cccfv at jlcollincounty.org. If you're interested in becoming a member, we do have a good showing. Uh, it's really interesting. Every month is a totally different topic. We feature uh, a different area, different speaker, different programs. Uh, there may be some meetings where we have 30. There may be some meetings where we may have double that amount. Um, it, it depends on the interest. And of course, COVID has provided a new set of challenges. Um, prior to COVID, our members really enjoyed meeting in, in person. Again, that, that component of being able to network and liaise and talk about different problems that many of our members are facing was really vital and integral to CCCFV. And COVID obviously changed our ability to do that, forcing us to pivot a little bit. Pivot. I've heard that a lot in the last year. So the CCCFV was first founded in 2000, making it a little bit over 20 years old. What was the driving force for the creation and how has it grown and evolved over 20 years? The driving force was absolutely an issue of communication. Our partners realized that they weren't talking together and that was really impacting their ability to serve their clients. So the, the founding five members uh, were the Collin County District Attorney's Office, the Plano Police Chief, the Collin County Children's Advocacy Center, Hope Store, and CASA. Um, and so it's really fascinating that they invited Junior League to come in really as a facilitator role. And it's one that the Junior League has felt strongly about for 20 years now. How can we facilitate these different organizations, all of whom have different needs and different um, service paths? How can we help them to work together? Um, I think we've, we've done a really great job over the 20 years. Um, when we think about what Collin County looked like in 1999 and 2000, um, many of our service providers were smaller agencies. They are now forces to be reckoned with, which is fantastic. Um, but we also have seen huge growth in our population, which raises its own set of issues. So um, it's an organization that continues to grow and evolve as the needs have evolved. So you mentioned a little earlier that you work with a large group of partner organizations in North Texas. Can you tell us more about the types of organizations you partner with to do this work and how you kind of support each other? Absolutely. We have currently about 100 member organizations. Um, those range from city governments, to law enforcement, to members of our healthcare community, members of our education community. That could be from any of the ISDs to our partners at Collin College. We have members of the faith community, whether that is faith-based service providers or clergy at various um, places of worship. We also, of course, can't forget our, our, our service providers because they're, they're certainly the lifeblood of a lot that we do. And then there's also some other organizations that you might not think about with respect to family violence. For example, 
Animal Control has been a, a member and a participating agency. Because if you think about it, um, animals and pets can be not only a way to control individuals within the household, um, but that also can be a sign that there is some sort of violence within the household. So it's a broad range of organizations, um, some of which make a lot of sense, right? Like our service-based partners, some of which are, are going to be a little bit surprising. I'm, I'm sure it will be surprising to some people to hear that members of the business community are in fact on our council or that members um, from our churches are on our council. But I think it really goes to show how unusual of an organization we are. We really were at the, the forefront of doing this, of showing that a, a group of people can really come together and make a difference. Well, Marissa, I had heard just to follow up a little bit um, on some of the services that you don't realize. I had heard a while back that Plano's especially, we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of new people moving into our community because of job relocations and corporate relocations. And that when individuals move away from maybe a family, like a support system, that that sometimes increases likelihood of finding themselves in in a situation where they need counseling and different things. So do you kind of see that a little bit with your work and that um, sometimes it's, you know, it's not the most obvious person or the most obvious situation, but some of those stressors of moving to a new area contribute to? I think you hit it straight on by using the word stressor. Obviously, change, and I, I hate to keep highlighting on COVID, but that, that's another factor that we have seen in all of this. You know, we in Collin County are are so much uh, bigger than we were before. It's it's easy to go into the grocery store now and potentially not see someone that you know, um, and so that raises a couple of different issues. As you noted, you know, maybe you don't have that support system. Maybe you feel like you're not being seen, or maybe you feel like you are in a situation um, that that you can't get out of because you're in a community where you may not know the resources that are available to you. And that, that really can, can highlight a bunch of different issues. I'll also note too, that a point that's a little tangential to that is we have a lot of um, non-native English speakers that are coming in, many of whom may have concerns about um, the legality of immigration laws, or who may feel that because they don't comfortably speak English, that they would be less comforted in reaching out to a service provider that was um, that they assumed would not speak their language. And again, that is the power of this local community. Um, we have a number of organizations that can, can serve those needs. Um, we have groups like um, Mosaic, where they have a number of individuals who speak different languages. Catholic Family Charities has those options as well, particularly with the immigration law side. Um, and then I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, Texas Muslim Women's Foundation addressing perhaps some of the cultural reasons why people might not come forward. Great. Well, we have more questions for you, Marissa, including how employers can be allies in the fight against family violence. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining the Plano Folds podcast today. Please be patient with us and you may hear a few imperfections as we record virtually. We look forward to getting back to recording in person soon. Enjoy. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're here with Marissa Miller, chair of the Collin County Council on Family Violence, a program of the Junior League of Collin County. Thanks again for being here, Marissa. 
So glad to join you today. And uh, as we mentioned, or you touched on, Marissa, prior to the break, um, the COVID-19 lockdown presented challenges for everyone. Um, and I think we're seeing some reporting data that uh, potentially uh, family violence may have been significantly impacted. How did you stay in touch virtually with uh, your community members in need? And um, did you find that uh, there was a peak or a rise in the need for your services? You hit it straight on. We went virtual. And in fact, we're still virtual looking at kind of some hybrid options. So we met over Zoom, which posed some challenges, as as I imagine you would expect. Certainly, it cut down on people's ability to have kind of that natural interaction. But there have been some other positives, too. Um, I think we realized that by logging on via Zoom, you don't have to worry about commute time. So people who might not have been able to attend meetings otherwise have been able to log in via Zoom. Also, sometimes I think people might be a little bit shy in a big group to raise their hand, and it's a lot easier to send a private message to the facilitator. And we've had some really great discussions go that route. Some of the concerns that we've had, one I think that might be unexpected, was really the burnout and the vicarious trauma for a lot of our service providers and law enforcement on the ground. They didn't have the ability to necessarily go and work from home. And talk about a stressful time, um, a huge burden on resources and demand, um, and knowing that in some cases they had to put themselves at risk of exposure while you're dealing with with some really tough topics. Um, And that's something else that CCCFV takes seriously is um, helping to support each other. In fact, our December program each year is all about supporting the members in the field. Um, This year, we're gonna have a great presentation um, from the Collin County Children's Advocacy Center and uh, Dan Powell talking about vicarious trauma and burnout, which I think is gonna be great for our members. But I think, Steve, to go back to to the point you were getting at is I think we realized being shut down, we had a lot of people that were put in difficult situations. And the two um, groups that we were most worried about during the, the height of COVID were first the elderly, because they had such a fear of going out in public for fear of being exposed, many of our elderly community members were stuck at home and potentially in dangerous situations um, where they are really at the mercy of their caregiver who may have been abusive or may have just been burned out. Um, And I know that was a a big struggle for um, uh, adult and family services during that time. The other group that we really worried about, of course, were kids. We so value the role of teachers, especially the great educators that we have in Collin County that spend day in, day out with children. And they're often the first ones that will see flags or signs of concern or that children can have a safe place to to outcry to. And when a child is at home, potentially with an abuser, it's very difficult for some of our partners, again, like CASA, to be able to jump in and say, how can we help if we don't know there's a problem? So you talked a little bit about this in that last answer, but I am curious now that we're coming back to in-person events, what do you have planned in the terms of education and community events? Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
I think we are definitely looking forward to getting each other back together. I, as I've highlighted, it's that that community uh, aspect that is really so vital to the work that CCCFB does. That communication, that integration between each other. I think we're. It's going to be very interesting as we move forward. We're looking at hybrid options for those who are willing to meet in person and do so comfortably, while also offering um, still Zoom for those who um, would still like to participate in their pajamas or uh, who just would feel more comfortable meeting remotely. I think that's going to be a good first start for us. Um, I know we have really missed the opportunity to engage in some wider spread training. Um, we have been talking about some some various outreaches, um, potentially looking at some strangulation trainings or some other ways that we can get out in the community that we did before. I think there's going to be a lot coming up in 2021. I think we all just want to make sure we're on, on firm standing before we get there. Great information, Marissa. Um, so you, you kind of touched on this a little bit uh, before, but let's kind of dr- drill down a little bit on it. And that is employers being an important ally in uh, your your cause. So tell us a little more about uh, a couple of things. One, the warning signs that uh, employers can look for and, and what can they do to offer assistance if they feel like one of their staff needs assistance? That is just such a fantastic question. And really an easy one that once people hear this is going to sound really obvious. That employee who's always been a great employee and suddenly starts dropping their work, starts taking a lot of unexplained absences. Um, Someone who comes in and they seem distracted. They seem very much on edge. Um, They are are very tense all the time. They seem like they're constantly on their phone needing to be connected. Um, I know that the old view was look for the bruises. Well, you still may see some bruises, but you also may see some more things than that. Um, and it will manifest itself in a bunch of different ways. Like I said, the personality changes, the unexcused absences. And really, I think the role of an employer um, is really twofold. One, to just offer that kind of non-judgmental support, pulling that employee aside. I've seen some changes and I'm, I'm concerned about you. Um, approaching it from a concern and less of a job um, or issue. Uh, we've heard from some survivors as well as some service providers that sometimes abusers will try to find ways to isolate that person. So by them going to work, that may actually be their only connection to the outside world. So we don't want to put them in a place where they feel like they have to quit because then they really have no way out. But to just approach it from a place of concern. What can I do for you? Um, I would also truly urge people to check out our website. We're about to unveil a new website in the new year, but for now, um, the website won't change, but it's uh, cccfv.com. We have a whole list of our members as well as local service providers, um, all of whom are really good about providing very low-key opportunities to connect. Um, I think just the way teachers are, are able to be first responders for children, employers really are at the front lines for adult victims. And I can't highlight this enough. Our, our victims are not going to be maybe what we all saw in those after school specials or TV movies back in the 90s. Men are victims. Um, members of the um, of our elderly population can be victims. There is no one person who's going to fit the mold of victim. 
Well, Marissa, we talk a lot um, about how people can get involved with time or treasure. And I think you, you know, you've talked a lot about volunteering and how people can support and be advocates, but um, do you also look for folks to donate or are, do you do fundraising through your organization? We do not officially fundraise. Um, one of our big ways of, of uh, filling the coffers, as it were, where we were hosting an annual um, training symposium. It was a three-day conference that we would do in October. We've taken a pause for a couple of years, which actually coincided with COVID perfectly. You, you'd think we planned it, but sadly we had not, to kind of recalibrate. So I know we're really looking forward. That's another way, as, as you noted, to give back with service. It's another way that CCCFV wants to give back with service uh, is to provide that kind of broader training for our members. And it, it has the side benefit of, of being a fundraiser for us. Um, if individuals are interested in donating either time or treasure, I know any one of our service providers would be grateful for the assistance. Um, as you all have noted, uh, COVID was a, was a big game changer and costs that many of our service providers did not anticipate uh, have been a reality. Even uh, things like cleaning supplies that they never had to purchase to the extent that they had to before. Or, um, you know, some of our service providers that provide shelter, well, where you used to have a house that you could have a certain number of families, it's now not safe to do that. So they've had to look at other options, hotels, Airbnbs, apartments, um, and all of that has been an additional cost. So our I have such credit for our members and particular service providers who have really figured out a way to uh, draw that blood from a stone during this time and still continue to provide amazing service to our residents. So you mentioned uh, earlier, Marissa, about some of your um, some of the members of your council, and one was the Assistant Center of Collin County. So do you kind of function like the Assistant Center of Collin County, but for fi- family violence? So if somebody comes to you with um, either a child or an elderly or, or whatever the situation and then you kind of direct them to the appropriate resource. That is a, a fantastic, um, often misunderstanding about what we do. We are certainly not the experts. Um, indeed, again, Junior League kind of taking this facilitation role. We are really supporting the entities that are providing that direct service. So while someone is certainly welcome to check out our website or reach out to me, and I'm happy to filter them to the to the right place, we're likely not going to provide um, the incredible service like the Advocacy Center might or, you know, like our, our partners at Hope Store might do. Um, really, we are, are, are supporting the members that are providing those services. Got it. Understood. So if I, you mentioned it earlier, um, if someone finds themselves where they need they feel like they need to reach out for assistance, uh, you mentioned cccfv.com. Um, how else would they find assistance? Absolutely. So again, that website will provide some of the links to many of our member partners. There, I think people will be so surprised to know just how many opportunities are available to them here in Collin County. There are so many service providers, whether we're talking about um, victims of sexual assault at the turning point, the family place. Um, Again, we've talked about Hope Store. We've talked about um, Mosaic and um, Texas Muslim Women's Foundation, Emily's Place. So many service providers, but perhaps an easy um, step would be to contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline. 
That phone number is 1-800-799-7233. And I would just encourage everyone, there's no right way or wrong way to reach out for help. Any way to reach out for help is a good way. Um, I know for a long time, many people feared law enforcement and feared the involvement of Child Protective Services. If it's been a while since you've had contact with any of our fantastic law enforcement in Collin County or with CPS, um, they're really nothing to be afraid of. They are so sophisticated. Um, they are very well trained and they can provide help and assistance too. Um, I think a lot of people are worried that involving law enforcement or children protective service, child protective services um, would cause them greater harm. In fact, I think it will open up a lot of doors for them. So um, I am so grateful for this opportunity to talk about all the work that CCCFB does. But truly, if anyone is looking for help, any way you find a resource uh, is a good one for you. And again, that phone number is 1-800-799-7233. Marissa, this is fantastic information. And I've really enjoyed getting to know more about what your organization does and how it works through the Junior League and with so many of our community partners. And it is, um, it's a great resource for our community and one that is um, very needed, especially, you know, I, I know you you commented on the word stressor earlier, um, and and we've all I think said the word, but we're all feeling those stressors this this uh, this year and for the past couple of years, uh, maybe on a new level. So, um, very happy to have you on the show today and to talk a little bit about this amazing um, platform that you guys have. So, thank you for being here. So thankful to have been invited. I really appreciate the time. Well, you're right, Marissa. I did uh, look at your website and the number of member organizations is endless. It's tremendous how many people are involved. So great job. Now to our listeners, if you'd like to sponsor the upcoming podcasts in the future, please feel free to contact the chamber for uh, opportunities to do so. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Hey everyone, Kelly Marcellus here, your president and CEO of the Plano Chamber. Are you looking to kickstart your Friday morning with dozens of local business owners and professionals? Set your alarm and join us for our weekly business interchange meetings for networking worth waking up early for. Meetings are held at 7.30 a.m. every Friday morning. Join us and share your 30-second commercial promoting your business and be the first to hear what's going on with other local businesses. Visit planochamber.org to learn more, and we'll see you next Friday.